Gaming Radio Network at ParanormalKing.com. Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of May 17th, 2022, and episode number 515, and this is your host, as always, Dr. Brian D. Parsons, and we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com. So, thank you for joining me on Tuesdays. It's weird, it's still pretty bright outside. It doesn't feel like it's 8 o'clock at night, but... Apparently it is here in Northeast Ohio. Lots of news this week. A lot of stuff happening within the last uh, couple of days here, and especially this morning, if you were paying attention, uh, unless you were uh, not listening to the news, which I'd be okay with that if you weren't listening to the news. It's uh, full of a lot of misinformation at times, but very excited to hear the uh, a lot of coverage about this uh, UAP UFO congressional hearing, this public hearing. We'll talk about that, kind of break things down. The the uh, few um, news outlets that I read, uh, ABC, uh, CBS, CNN, Fox, a couple of different big names and a couple of other um, smaller ones really did kind of a horrible job. I, I didn't listen to it live. Uh, but I listened to snippets uh, after it was over, watched a couple things while I was um, at work on lunch uh, on YouTube to kind of see some of the breakdowns of some of the information. And I was kind of amazed how a lot of it was kind of, I don't want to say misquoted, but the, the information really didn't translate into some of these articles very well. So we'll break it down. We'll talk about that uh, as well as some other things that have happened uh, since you heard me last last week and kind of a, a cool thing i don't know if you i almost forgot about it i had to remind a few people and speaking of work sunday night i was at work i had to uh, close so i didn't get out of work until uh, almost 11 o'clock and i have uh, quite a bit of a drive home about 45 45 minute drive home from work eh, you know at night maybe 40 minutes Depends on how fast I can go, which way the wind's blowing. Uh, so I don't know if you were out or what the weather conditions were for you where you're at Sunday night. You got to see the lunar eclipse. It was pretty exciting. The super moon. It's always super hyped up. Um, super blood moon. I remember a few years ago, there was literally 10 things they called it. The super blood moon. Super huge perigee all these things they were calling it and made a huge deal about it but this year it kind of uh, being a uh, total lunar eclipse uh, didn't get uh, as much publicity as I, I really th think it should it's pretty cool it's a pretty neat event unfortunately uh, being at work I, I was uh, wasn't really set up to take uh, pictures and I wanted to get my telescope out so I zoomed home to try to get there in time to see the, uh, you know, at the peak. And while at work, I could see it was starting to, uh, starting to happen. But <laughs> you, you had a pretty good image of it while I was at work. And it was pretty bright. Uh, but on my drive home, I saw more and more clouds as I went south. And, well, a little bit southwest, I suppose, from where I work. And by the time I got home... Got the telescope out, got everything set up. It was pretty bad. It was pretty cloudy. I did get to see a little bit of orange peeking through the clouds. It's kind of a hazy overcast. And then a little bit after uh, about, what was it, 12, 11 a.m. Eastern, it was uh, completely covered. So it was that dark orange, really cool-looking color. Well, after a few minutes after that, it uh, completely disappeared. I wasn't able to see anything. So I guess I have to wait. 
uh, until the next one, which will not be until March 14th, 2025. Mark your calendars. Uh, we'll have a total solar eclipse before that. And uh, you want to see that, come over to my house because I'm right in the path of totality. I'm really excited about that. Last time, I had to drive all the way down to Kentucky and then turn around and come right back home. So I'm looking forward to that. And we'll see the next lunar eclipse, I suppose. But uh, pretty cool. You don't get to... Uh, I don't get to see all that kind of stuff all too often. Yeah, especially here in Ohio, where it seems like it's cloudy about 360 days a year. Seems like, feels like. Uh, anyway, let's get to the news tonight. We got uh, we got a few stories tonight. Not a tons of stories, but the stories that we have, there's a lot of interesting details. And there's one story that... Um, I almost didn't talk about, but then I started uncovering a little bit of, uh, well, I'm not really a conspiracy theorist. I don't believe in all that stuff, but boy, I don't know now. This uh, The story kind of um, threw me for a loop, and the more I dug in, the more I didn't want to dig in anymore. I got a little nervous. Uh, we'll cover that toward the bottom of the hour, as uh, we should, to keep you hooked here on the show. Not that I have advertisers or anything like that, but uh, got to keep you here. I don't know why, but I, I just do. Uh, so we'll jump off with cryptid news tonight. Not a whole lot going on in the cryptid world. And I've been really struggling to find a really decent Bigfoot story. And uh, despite tonight's, tonight's story, I'm still struggling to find a good Bigfoot story. But uh, Bigfoot was all over the news the last uh, 24 hours or so. He got a gig, another gig. I mean, I really wish I could find Bigfoot. I, I really want to find Bigfoot. Not to be the discoverer of this, this uh, elusive creature and to prove everybody wrong, but I want to be his talent agent. Well, I could easily retire. Uh, so Bigfoot has recently been announced as the official mascot of the World Athletics Championships that are going to take place in Oregon later this year here in the United States. Uh, the committee decided on the creature after deliberations, workshops, uh, a lot of research and going back and forth and probably also realizing that they uh, won't have to pay any royalties to anybody. I'm sure that might have had a little bit to do with it. Um, easy character to create, something really simple to uh, uh, to put together. I'm sure, you know, they just uh, said, hey, we need a, a Bigfoot-type costume. Can you get it to us by next Tuesday? And sure enough, uh, there it was. Uh, it's a really weird-looking thing, too. I'll throw a picture of that in the chat room. So if you're not in the chat room, we're missing you. We don't see you. Uh, jump on over to ParanormalKing.com. Scroll down a little bit of ways. Give that thumb a little bit of exercise, and you'll find it. Join us in chat. Got a lot of pictures tonight to show you. Uh, let's see. The World Athletics Championships. Not something that everybody uh, is probably familiar with. Uh, they will take place in the United States this year in Eugene, Oregon, from July 15th through the 24th. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, I don't want to call it mini Olympics, but it's it's kind of a Olympics light, I guess. Uh, there's 49 events this year. They seem like they add one every couple of years or so. And the uh, World Athletics or organization, pretty much. It's just called World Athletics. It used to be known as the IAAF, the International Association of Athletics Federations. And uh, it did start in response to the International Olympic Committee dropping the men's 50-kilometer walk from the Olympic program prior to the 1976 Montreal Olympic Games. Yeah, I tell you, the uh, Olympic Committee, 
we talk about conspiracy theories, corruption. Yikes. Uh, legend, the Bigfoot. That's what they're calling this uh, this creature. Uh, he, she, it, or I, I don't know. They, them. I, I don't even know what to say anymore about that kind of stuff. Whatever it is. Um, it doesn't look much like what you think. Uh, when I heard this story, I didn't see a picture. Then I scrolled down and I was like, what is that? It's uh, scary looking. Uh, they try. I guess they try to make it look like know, something kid-friendly, I suppose. It looks weird. Um, but I suppose uh, you got to be kid-friendly. It almost looks like a minor league baseball mascot. I don't know, the Scranton snot balls, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but he just looks weird. It's all yellow. He's got these big bottom teeth. And he's wearing a purple Asics outfit. Uh, he's got the uh, no sleeves, tank top, Asics. So it's probably sponsored by Asics. Maybe they'll throw me a, a dollar or three. For saying Asics. Send me something in the mail. I'll wear it. I'll wear it on the air. Sure. Yikes. So yeah, I guess it's athletic. He's 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 trimmed up. It looks good and looks healthy. Uh, a little thin, a little narrow in the shoulders there, but uh looks like he's ready to run. It seems like they do a lot of uh, running for the World Athletics Championships. And in case you're wondering, uh, it's a biannual event. So, yes, every two years, usually for the World Athletics Championships. Uh, but it took place, uh, last took place in 2019 in Qatar, skipping 2021 due to COVID-19. So they're just going to kind of say, well, you know, we'll, we'll do it again next year. So it's going to realign with the odd years that it normally takes place. Uh, I guess to kind of keep it away from the uh, the Olympics, uh, Summer Olympics. And it will take place next summer. I guess it's kind of fall. It's in August next year in Budapest. Budapest, Hungary. And uh, I don't know. Well, tune in. I don't know if it's on TV or not. I'll get my picture taken with uh, Go Out West and get my picture taken with Legend the Bigfoot. Weird looking. Weird looking creature. Yeah, I wish I was Bigfoot's agent. That's all I want. Just to let me uh, sell your likeness. I mean, he's been on car commercials and uh, he sponsored all sorts of stuff. There's people that have coffee shops with this picture on it and all this other bumper stickers and uh, wood carvings. I want the royalties from all that stuff. All those sales. Give me 1%. I'll be happy with that. I'll be a billionaire. Look out, Jeff Bezos. Anyway, we'll get to the big news this week. Uh, UFO news. And there was a question uh, in chat. Did MUFON cover the hearings? I don't know. I don't know what MUFON does anymore, to be honest. Um I think you just sit around, wait for reports to come in, and uh, wait for those checks to come in from those members, pretty much. I don't hear much out of them. I didn't hear them uh, email anything out there. The emails I get are all about their uh, uh, big event they're having later this year, their uh, conference. They don't really send much other information out. They do talk about UFO sightings uh, once a month. Uh, but I've not heard them mention this. And I'm sure they'll have a constant contact email message sent out in the next uh, day or three. They're usually a little bit behind on everything. They just don't do very well with the whole PR thing. You'd think they'd be out in front of this. You'd think they'd be talking about it. I think they'd have like a high profile podcast or something. I mean, something to talk about this, uh, you know, membership driven organization. You need the money. Um, and not just, you know, generating income, but 
you got to get your name out there. I mean, what are you doing? What, uh, what kind of UFO research organization doesn't talk about this kind of stuff and get information out there? I mean, the politicians are doing all the talking. And this is totally, completely uh, 180 from what we're used to. We're used to Stanton Friedman and uh, you know a lot of other public figures that are UFO believers uh, stomping and slamming their fists on the desk saying, hey, listen to us. We're the ones out here taking reports. We're seeing the stuff. And we're talking about it. Nobody cares. You make fun of us on the nightly news uh, on these sightings, but uh, you don't take us seriously. And now it's almost a, a complete role reversal where uh, Congress is back to having public hearings on this. And we're, it seems like we're hearing the government talk more about ufos than these uh, organizations that are purportedly more boots on the ground than the government these guys are just flying high-tech jets staring at their heads up system uh they're not trained to see this kind of stuff uh they're trained to read their uh any more fighter pilots are just trained to uh, be able to fly the jet and read their instrumentation now, they're not really trained to visualize or see anything it's off almost fly by wire, pretty much. It's not like the old days where these guys, uh, you know, flew by the seat of their pants, uh, feeling the vibration of the jet to, to see how many G's they could pull uh, without ripping a wing off. I mean, the, nowadays it's it's all about you know instrumentation and the cockpit and and uh, pretty much in the next uh, twenty years or so, we probably won't have pilots anymore. Sorry, Maverick. In uh, Goose Jr., or whatever his name is, in the movie. <sighs> Comes out uh, later this year. Top Gun 2. It's on the list. I got my tickets for Jurassic World Dominion. I'll be the first grouping to see that. June 9th. I know it releases June 10th, but I'll see it. June 9th. Top Gun, probably not going to get my tickets for that. I'll wait till it comes out on Netflix. Uh, anyway, the big story this week, not Top Gun, uh, not a trailer for any movie, um, but you probably heard about it this morning, Tuesday, May 17th, in case you're listening to this podcast down the road. We were talking about it the day it happened, less than 12 hours after this uh, first public hearing on UFOs in U.S. Congress. Uh, in over 50 years. Yeah, save your money. Don't uh, don't give it to MUFON. Unless uh, that money is going to go directly to updating their case management system. Please. My gosh, please. Gosh, just update that thing already, please. Uh so this event uh, was carried live on YouTube. I sent out the leak on the Paranormal News Insider Facebook page as well as the Twitter feed. So uh, don't say I didn't help you out. I did. Um, and I realized that all my stories that I put in last week uh, didn't auto-populate either, but that's a whole different problem. So I was not able to listen to it live. Uh, usually, if I was off on Tuesdays, sometimes I'm, well, probably two Tuesdays a month I'm off. Uh, I would have listened to it. I would have watched it live and taken some meticulous notes on it. But like I said, I had to watch snippets of it later on. Um, got a, a lot of attention even uh, this morning on the way to work. Uh, listening to uh, a local news station. Uh, WTAM 1100 out of Cleveland, Ohio. Very big radio station. Uh, iHeart radio station. Am I allowed to say that? Well, that's too late. I already said it. They uh, they talked about it uh, briefly this morning. Uh, about the first time in 50 years. Uh, talking about UFOs and U.S. Congress. So it's, uh, it was a big story. And there was a lot of media uh, surrounding this event uh, in the last week leading up to this event and obviously after it as well. And 
I was kind of wondering what would come out. I, I figured they would throw in some kind of uh, new data, new information, new findings, uh, something to you know get a little bit more interest and awareness and I don't know, maybe scare a few more people. Why not into uh, believing all this stuff? And I don't want to say it was a disappointment. It was kind of what I expected, but I figured there'd be a little, a little bit more information, a little bit more uh, media released. It didn't seem like they really knew really what they were doing. It didn't seem like they were very prepared for this. Uh, I've thrown together library presentations uh, in two days' time, but uh, I was more prepared than really what I saw and could explain things a little bit better than the way they explain things. Yikes. Uh, but the new big piece of information that came out, I think uh, the biggest piece of all this, uh, was that the Pentagon officials told the House panel that there are now close to 400, 400 reports from military personnel of UFOs or UAPs, as they would like to call them nowadays. Now, the Air Force is the one that called it UFOs in the beginning. They're the ones that named them. Unidentified flying objects. Actually, it was UFOA, or I'm sorry, UFOB, UFOBs, unidentified flying objects. And they're the ones that uh, named it that back in uh, was it 1942 or 47? Nah, 40 something. I wasn't around. Um, and of course, this uh, 400 reports. They say close to that. I don't think they gave the actual number. If they did, I didn't read it. Uh, but close to 400. And of course, that's a big increase from the 144 reports that were part of the report that was uh, released uh, just about a year ago. Well, I guess about a month shy, month and a half shy of a year ago. But who's counting? Uh, those reports were taken between uh, 2004 and 2021, and this uh, basically it's insinuated. Uh, the comments were that these reports came after the 2021 report, so this is all happening within again less than a, a year, eleven or ten and a half months, basically. And I don't, I don't know if I buy that. I don't know if I believe that, to be honest. Um, it seems kind of fishy. Um, I don't, I don't know if I buy it. But they, they try to explain it, and I don't, I don't know. I'm not buying it. Scott Bray, the deputy director of naval intelligence, stated, "Quote: uh, We've seen an interest." I'm sorry, we've seen an increasing number of unauthorized and or unidentified aircraft or objects and military control training areas and training ranges and other designated airspaces. Uh, reports of sightings are frequent and continuous, unquote. Uh, and Bray commented that he felt that many of these uh, latest reports are actually historical reports so this is from prior incidents well before uh, 2021. So not in the last 11 or 10 and a half months. This is uh, probably long before this. Maybe even then the uh, prior date ranger, even before 2004, uh, from people that uh, weren't very comfortable with making these statements uh, at the time. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm speculating that I'm sure that's true, that uh, some historical reports, and that's one of the problems with uh, MUFON as well, that, you know, I, I talk about this all the time, that um, these reports come out, they're talked about as uh, being uh, in this month, but in, in reality, um, you know, they could have come out years ago, decades ago. And we don't really know uh, through – that's why I, I joked about uh, MUFON updating their uh, 
what it's called, but their their uh, case management system. Uh, because there's no way to separate that information, it it just all filters in for that month. So even if I saw it in September of 1971, and I report it today, it's going to end up in May of 2022. Which uh, there should be a way to take that, but also to uh, click a little button and separate it into the true designation of when they actually um, when they actually happened but uh, I don't know I'm speculating that some of these reports I'm not saying all of them it's quite possible that uh, maybe even a good chunk of these who knows uh, of these incidents reported since last year's report came out that uh, it could be declassified incidents um, from the last year or so. And we're not included in that report from last year, obviously, because they were classified. But uh, I could be wrong. It could be uh, could be mostly because people are a little bit more loose about these reports uh, going forward. Uh, Ronald Moultrie. Uh, the Pentagon's top intelligence official who testified at the hearing uh, just wants to get more information to hopefully uh, shed some light on what's being observed in the skies. Uh, he said, quote, we want to know what's out there as much as you want to know what's out there. We also understand that there has been a cultural stigma surrounding UAP. Our goal is to eliminate the stigma by fully incorporating our operators and mission personnel into a standardized data gathering process. Our goal is to strike the delicate balance, one that enables us to maintain the public's trust while preserving those capabilities that are vital to the support of our service personnel, unquote. That sounds like smoke to me. Um, See, yeah, there is a cultural stigma, and a lot of that is um, does stem from the military punishing or grounding their pilots for coming forward and saying that they saw something strange in the sky. It's, it's very well known in the military uh, by pilots that you don't say that you saw something strange or you're grounded. You know, you may not fly again. Uh, so it's not just the general public uh, talking about UFOs, UAPs, but also the military. And it's good that they've kind of changed their tune a little bit to get these uh, more of these reports filed and hopefully disseminated. Uh, Bray further added that uh, Navy and Air Force crews now have step-by-step procedures on how to report a UAP on their kneeboard within the cockpit, and then this uh, simplification has led to more reports. So a kneeboard, uh, just like it says, it's attached, basically a little thing, cheat sheet, uh, notes, for uh, see, I told you they're they're not paying attention to what's going on. They're looking at their kneeboard, looking at the dials. They're looking at the heads-up display. These guys aren't really well. I mean, well, that's why there's generally a, a pilot, and a navigator in these jets. You know, one guy's paying attention, the other guy's uh, uh, taking notes, playing Pokemon Go. I don't know. Um. But uh, officials also stated uh, kind of, a, I guess, the second biggest piece of information that's been talked about. Uh, it's not any big news to us, especially those of you who have listened to the show for a while. We talked about this a long time ago when these videos uh, or the first video was leaked. Uh, officials have stated that the two videos showing triangular shapes, so there was a new one. Uh, that was kind of talking about. I think it was only just a picture that they talked about this uh, new incident. Uh, two videos showed triangular shapes that were initially said to be unknown objects. And of course, this happened uh, during a flurry of small unidentified aerial phenomena, small drone-like objects flying around uh, ships out uh, in the ocean. As they usually are. Uh, so they uh, filmed these triangular shapes, and they're now stating 
that they found a potential explanation for the shapes, which is pretty much, uh, I don't know why they're beating around the bush. It's, it's obviously it's been proven by a number of people that uh, these triangles are not what you think they are. Uh, Bray explained, quote, we've now reasonably, we are now reasonably confident that these triangles correlate to unmanned aerial systems in the area. The triangular appearance is a result of light passing through the night vision goggles and then being recorded by an SLR camera. This is a great example of how it takes considerable effort to understand what we're seeing in the examples that we are not able or that we are able to collect, unquote. So uh, he doesn't do a very good job of explaining the effect. And we've talked about it here uh, on this and the way he says it's uh, light passing through the night vision goggles and then being recorded by the SLR camera. Yeah, okay, sort of. But it's because you're using the night vision goggles and then you're trying to film with a, another camera that's not attached. Uh, creates an effect called the bokeh effect. Or bokeh effect, however you want to say it. It's up to you. I'm not going to tell you you're right. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. And it shouldn't take you 10 years to figure it out. I mean, that kind of stuff. I mean, anybody that understands photography, videography, should have been able to figure that out pretty quick. And love him or hate him, he's gotten a lot of both in the last uh, 24 to 48 hours. Uh, Mick West of metabunk.org. I know a lot of people either clap when they hear that name or they or they throw uh, any object close to them. I'll, so love him or hate him. Mick West figured that out in a matter of days, probably hours, but it took him a little while to put the videos together of the uh, first night vision triangle video that came out. And uh, a lot of other people came to that same conclusion and were kind of astonished. And I was kind of I don't want to say mortified, but confused and perplexed that, you know, a government organization that spent a lot of money analyzing these videos couldn't figure it out. And it was pretty obvious watching a video. You could tell that there was another camera filming the night vision camera. And there's a lot of people in the UFO field that already know this effect. And they do that on purpose to film triangular objects high in the sky. These, uh, uh, airplanes flying over, they, they do it on purpose because they know they get triangles and they can fool people because it's it changes the shape uh, through, um, you know, you're shaping light through the basically the depth of field. It creates a blur and essentially the object goes from its normal shape to a, a different shape. You see these in movies all the time of light in the background that uh, changes shape or is like a star-like or triangle or rectangle whatever just changes into a shape and yeah that bokeh effect um well known by photographers videographers it's it's actually a staple of a lot of a lot of movies uh, the marvel cinematic universe is full of bokeh effect if you're paying attention um it's just it's just one of those things that i guess unless you know though you don't know um, possibly even more interesting of all this is that the uh, public event, you know, got all the uh, got all the press. But uh, as we talked about last week, this public event is going to be followed by a closed classified hearing on the Pentagon program, known as the Airborne Object Identification and Management Synchronization Group. That's such a mouthful. It's like a shield. You just got to make a nice name out of that. Um, and despite this closed door classified hearing, you'd think that there's something would have leaked about that or something might have been written, but I haven't read anything about that. The focus is, of course, on the first public hearing in over 50 years. And honestly... Uh, I don't remember what the last public hearing was about. I don't, I honestly don't remember. I know, you know, we had the, uh, 
in the 80s, we had uh, the Condon report, and I'm pretty sure that there were public hearings on that, but uh, nobody's really talking about that. So what's the point of all this? You know, some people were asking me today at uh, at work, you know, they're talking, I was like, man, did you guys hear anything about the UFO thing going on? I, I, I need I need information. I need an update. I don't have a re- reporter on the ground out there in uh, D.C., but, you know, people are asking, well, what's the point? Just people talking about it and that, uh, you know, what, what came out about this? So, you know, there's a little bit of information that came out uh, with these officials uh, basically contacting, you know, letting the public know in a public hearing uh, some of the updates and some things that there has happened in the last few months. Instead of us hearing about it through uh, closed-door hearings or having to uh, use the Freedom of Information Act to pull documents to uh, disseminate information, I, I think it's a good move. But uh, I, what it accomplished, uh, I I don't know. I don't think it accomplished anything. Uh, did it? Is it calming the public? Is it uh, solving any confusion? Did it answer any questions? Uh, no, 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 and no. I think that's enough no's. I'm not sure. Uh, I it just I don't know. It just seemed like almost as if it's a. And they didn't really talk about UFOs in regards to aliens or. Uh, it seemed to be pretty against it. So it's not really as if they're trying to spin any kind of conspiracy theory or create uh, any sort of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, kind of distraction from what they're looking at. It's not like, well, hey, look here. Look over here, not over there. Don't look over there. That's the truth. We want you to look over here. Uh, I think really they're searching for answers and they're collecting more information. They want us to think that they're that close to uh, an answer or figuring all this stuff out. I, but I, I don't think that's the, the, the answer here. I don't think that that's the truth. And I know a lot of people are saying, well, the government's hiding all this. They, they've got bodies. They've got uh, aircraft. They're reverse engineering stuff. Velcro was made from aliens. Uh, and all these, all the speculation, conspiracy theories and, and different uh, thoughts of cover-ups and information buried. Uh, but honestly, and I've said this a million times, but I, I just don't think the government knows as much as we give them credit for. I really don't think that they know anything i mean the fact that they spent 10 years they spent millions of dollars analyzing these videos sending them out to all sorts of experts and some guy on a youtube channel figures it out i think it's pretty bad i mean pretty good on the uh these ufo researchers that uh, are able to disseminate this stuff but you'd think the government be able to spend some money on figuring out what these things are or coming to some sort of conclusion instead of just throwing it in a drawer and pulling it out talking about them aliens um yeah i I don't it's it's a little concerning that they can't uh, problem solve simple videos and figure out what things are uh, flying over military installations or military um, aircraft or property, uh, training missions, all this stuff. It's this is crazy. And uh, you know, Congress. I, I I I don't know. I mean, it was it was nice that uh, at least they made the effort. They showed up. They talked about the topic. Uh, they gave the media. A little bit of fodder for them to uh, splatter and talk about this uh, topic again. But uh, where it goes from here, that remains to be seen. And uh, we shall see what comes of this. And uh, hopefully they make this. uh, I think they should be doing this every six months, in in my opinion. I mean, I'm not paying for it. I'm just saying you got to keep the people in the loop or the people will think 
that you're taking them for a ride. And it's nice that a year ago we got some information. That ginormous report. Was it six pages? Yeah, thanks. I wonder how much money they spent on that. How much money it took to print all those little books. Six pages. Yikes. But, um, you know, uh, less than a year later to come out and, and talk about some updates. That that's That's good. It's good. I think that's what the general public deserves. Uh, I'd like to see a little bit more information uh, put out there. But, uh, you know, and what about historical stuff? What about stuff from, you know, back in Project Blue Book, which I believe is the tail end of that was uh, about what the public hearings were about Project Blue Book. Um, what about all that? What about stuff in the 80s and the 90s? Why is it only just a concern from 2004 to 2021? That's, that's where I'm confused at. Why, you know, they have to have information previous to that. We know people have been working on this stuff for, for decades, even after they said they've not been working on it. We know that they're out there. Where's all that information? What are they hiding? What do they know or what do they don't know? Like, even if they were to admit, hey, we're clueless. We have no idea. Here's a bunch of stuff. We don't know. We don't know. And I think, uh, you know, a few months ago, MUFON kind of said that they, uh, you know, we saw that they were involved in uh, briefing some of this stuff. Uh, but that came from people reporting to them. We don't know how sane some of these people were. Uh, MUFON doesn't uh, always investigate all their cases. And no two investigators are the same, even though they all have the same book that they spent a lot of money for. Do they all follow it the same way? I can tell you no, they don't. Um, so if you're getting your information from an organization that doesn't know what everyone's doing out in the field or how trustworthy some of these cases really are. And now the government's taking that as truth. Well, that really scares me. Um, because people make up all sorts of things. Yes, people don't always tell the truth. So it makes you wonder. What, uh, what's really going on out there that's... Um, you know, if, is it as fantastic as what's being reported? Or is it more mundane or people taking things out of context? As then the government now is taking these things out of context as well. But we'll see. And uh, hopefully it uh, kind of quells a lot of these conspiracy theories. Now that the government is actually stepping forward, doing more work, I would say, than what we've seen organizations like New Fork and especially MUFON doing. They should be doing all the heavy lifting, but it seems like the government's doing all the work nowadays, which is, again, it's a huge 180 from what we're used to. And we'll, you know, we'll see what, uh, you know, if MUFON does prepare some sort of response to this or uh, they start talking about their cases publicly. I don't know what they're hiding for. But uh, yeah, it's kind of annoying. Speaking of conspiracy theories, I'm not a big believer, as you can tell, on conspiracy theories. But I'll tell you what. I read a story uh, a couple of days ago, and I, you know, it's it's kind of a story that I've seen before. Not anything new. It's not anything groundbreaking, and I it's normal to not just read these things, but do a little bit of research beyond the headline and beyond the basic story that I read. Uh, I'll open a, a, a few links. I'll do a little bit of research to find a little bit of information behind these stories. And sometimes, well, um, pretty much all the time, I get uh, pulled down a rabbit hole of information. And I do probably too much research into a story. And sometimes there's just questions I have about the research of the media 
And I've got to know for myself. So I start digging. And this next story, I'll be honest with you, I'm a little concerned about what I've dug up, what I've been able to find that uh, goes well beyond what these uh, news outlets have done. Because obviously they've got so much more going on that the, the story I'm going to talk about isn't that big of a deal. But uh, if they would see what I have seen, I'm a little nervous about it. I hope I'm not wrong, or I hope I'm completely wrong about this. Uh, but last Wednesday, so May 11th, uh, several viewers called into the WKYT uh, newsroom in Knoxville, Tennessee. WKYT, Knoxville, Tennessee, uh, to report strange lights in the sky. Now, the strange circle of lights floated slowly across the sky and was captured on film by Nate Nelson of Nate Nelson Photography. Uh, WKYT then reported uh, shortly afterward uh, that Flight Aware, a company that tracks domestics and international aircraft flight, reported the object as an alphabet loon balloon and lists the flight as Project Loon 5. 93. So Project Loon is um, basically, it's kind of like the uh, SpaceX's uh, uh, Starlink satellites, in, except for their balloons, high-altitude balloons, fly about 60 to 65,000 feet, uh, give or take, depending upon wind conditions, that uh, help support internet so uh, 4g i don't think they do 5g yet but uh provide cellular phone coverage and data coverage in areas uh, that uh, may lack the coverage or during emergency situations and they've launched uh during emergency situations with loon balloon in areas that have been impacted by uh, severe weather or um i know they were using them during uh, heavy fires out west a few years ago to uh, allow um, live tracking of fire lines and, and information uh, throughout an area that uh, was uh, kind of crippled because of fires and the uh, you know electric being down and uh, internet being down. So it's a good thing so far. So far. And these balloons, again, they're they're fairly high altitude uh, weather type balloons. So they're you know those white, thin, uh, kind of sort of clear looking balloons that that fly pretty high. So why would they report a circle of lights? Well, it's uh, very similar to when we talk about satellites and scintillation when uh, the sun goes down. When the sun sets, uh, the sky starts turning blue, it turns orange near the uh, horizon, and that's because of the refraction of the sun through the atmosphere. But high altitudes, uh, you see the blue sky turns to black, but there's still light going across the sky. It just doesn't have anything to reflect off of to go back to your eyes. So when a, a high-flying object such as a satellite or even a weather balloon hits this light uh, that is not visible to the naked eye because, again, there's nothing to uh, for it to interact with in the air well above where we're at. Um, it does shine down. It does reflect light. And uh, it's, it's why I love uh, searching for satellites because you see that, that scintillation of bright white reflection down, back down to your eyes. And this uh, these balloons... If seen at the right time, at the right angle, will also do that. It'll look like they're kind of glowing in the sky, high up in the air. Uh, so anyway, Alphabet Loon Balloon was uh, what this aircraft was described as, Project Loon 593. And it seems pretty cut and dry, as uh, Loon Balloons have frequently been reported throughout the United States and appear exactly like the one in the photograph. 
and I do have a picture of that. So, so far, nothing out of the ordinary. So far, a normal story, and um, not that I let it go at that point. But uh, there was more information that uh, kept me digging, kept me wondering. Uh, so here is the uh, kind of the overall photograph there uh, taken by Nate Nelson of Nate Nelson Photography. You're welcome. I uh, can see the moon there on the right and then uh, all the way on the left there. You see a little blurby thing. Well, that's the uh, unknown object. And I do have a zoomed in version of that. So it's a little round object that uh, does seem to reflect a little light or show off light. It's hard to tell when you're way down on the ground. This guy's using a pretty good zoom camera, and it's really hard to track an object, even if it's moving fairly slowly. I mean, try taking a photograph of the moon through like a, a 5X lens. It's pretty hard. It's moving. You can see it moving. Well, it's not moving. I mean, everything's moving. The Earth's moving and everything else. But these objects, when they're moving through, this, it's hard to track a plane. I don't know how people do it, but uh, people check out planes with telescopes. I don't know how. It's pretty hard. Um, but that image, you can kind of see that little bit of a glow on those edges. And again, you're looking up the, I guess you could say, up the skirt of that balloon. So you're looking directly up inside of that thing. Um, and there's no telling how tall that is from that angle. Uh, but uh, to us, it looks like a UFO. looks like a uh, round object, but it's probably elongated due to the atmosphere. So we're kind of getting our own perspective uh, from that. So, yes, thought to be a loon balloon listed as Project Loon 593 on com. However, Scott Coriel, a representative from Alphabet, which is uh, the Alf the uh, Alphabet is the parent company. Like you might have heard of uh, Waze, you know they do maps. Uh, it's also own uh, they own Google. It's a pretty big company, I would think. Uh, Fitbit, I got one of those on my arm. Uh, YouTube, and of course Loon, and uh, a lot of other companies. So Alphabet is the parent company and. Uh, Google kind of, they decided that a few years ago, they kind of broke things up a little bit and put everything under the uh, alphabet umbrella. And, uh, Scott Coriel came out and said, um, yeah, that's, uh, not our balloon. It's not a loon balloon, which is confusing because it's listed by this flight tracking software as belonging to loon. But he told, uh, WVLT news, he said, quote, Loon was actually wound down in early 2021 and has not flown any balloons since last year. Unquote. So the plot is now beginning to thicken slightly. Um, and I'll have to stir it a little bit here. Uh, WVLT News reached out to the Federal Aviation Administration for clarification of what the object might be. So it's a little confusion. Uh, you guys are the ones responsible for putting that information out there. Uh, FlightAware and other flight tracking software companies are just basically um, plugging into the FAA databases and providing that information through their own means. So what's going on, FAA? Um, the FAA stated that the uh, N number, which is the identification of the aircraft, uh, uses the letter N followed by uh, up to five numbers or four uh, four letters or one letter and three numbers. It, it's a combination of letters and numbers. Um, but the N number, that is kind of like a serial number for aircraft, uh, is actually registered to the company Raven Aerostar. Now, Raven Aerostar is not owned by Alphabet. And uh, not really direct relation to Loon, although they have worked together. Uh, they did, uh, Raven Aerostar did send out a press release uh, about testing a 4G LTE connectivity balloon from the stratosphere in a series of flights over South Dakota late last month 
using the Thunderhead balloon system. Um, and Raven has partnered with Loon in the past, uh, but they also develop and use their technology for government aerospace and defense applications. Huh, I heard somebody say. Um, does this have anything to do with UAP reports? Huh. Uh, this is possibly why nobody has directly confirmed the balloon as being theirs. No one's come forward despite uh, media inquiries, uh, the media talking about this. No one's come forward. And as far as the uh, WVLT and WKYT and a couple of other stations um, out in Tennessee and Kentucky, as far as they're concerned, that's the end of the story. That's that's it, it's left off at that. I've not seen uh, any updates from uh, those uh, two news agencies as well as the story in general. So I was a little curious about that. Why no update? Are they not looking? Are they not digging? Uh, so I did my own research. And strangely enough, exactly one year ago today, WWAY out of Wilmington, North Carolina, posted a similar story of a sighting of a white dot in the sky. Back then, according to Flight Radar 24, the object was identified as belonging to Raven Aerostar with the registration of N-256TH. And that story also did not uncover any further information into the balloon sighting. Uh, I've also found a few other very similar stories that have had uh, no information uh, forthcoming. However, another sighting... Uh, or research into sightings showed uh, shortwave pirate radio, a website, kind of a blog type of thing, uncovered information back in 2019 that similar balloons, uh, like loon balloons and this uh, Raven Aerostar, <clears throat> were used by the Sierra Nevada Corporation and were granted the ability to, quote, provide a persistent surveillance system to locate and deter narcotic trafficking and homeland security threats, unquote. Ooh, let that soak in for a second. Now, that program was very short-lived. It was only a few months uh, at least that was a few short months. Uh, it was run by the Pentagon. And this latest sighting might be a continuation of such efforts. That was back in 2019, this uh, strange spy thing. But uh, who knows? That's probably why uh, the little bit of cover-up and disinformation, uh, because the FAA knows about all this stuff. Whenever the military is conducting these types of tests. Uh, they have to sign off on all this stuff, but uh, they help keep it under wraps. I mean, it's federal aviation administration. They work for the gov just the same. Uh, last story tonight, uh, another big story uh, in space, I guess you could say. Uh, May 12th, we talked about this Talk about it last week or the week before. I think it was the week before. May 12th, 9 a.m. Eastern, the European Southern Observatory presented the world with news about the Milky Way galaxy. And back in 2019, they presented the world with the first ever image of a black hole. And the speculation that uh, this latest find was also an image of a black hole. But this one, a supermassive black hole at the center of the Milky Way. Uh, known as Sagittarius A star, not Sagittarius A. <clears throat> so it's abbreviated. It's used uh, Sagittarius A with an asterisk. Uh, but Sagittarius A is a mysterious radio signal, and Sagittarius A star is this black hole. 
a lot of news organizations were kind of messing that up, but uh, I'm here to correct that. Uh, well, this speculation was correct as the Event Horizon Telescope once again provided us with an image of a black hole, although it looked like a donut. It's like a giant orange donut. Um, we'll throw a picture of that in the chat room of the uh, latest photograph of a, uh, well, didn't work. Didn't work. Got sucked up into a black hole. Nothing can escape. Not even an image. Not even a JPEG. <clears throat> but, yeah, it didn't work again. That's okay. Uh, hopefully this next one works. Uh, the image looks kind of unimpressive. It's like a blurry orange donut. Blurry. And you'd think that with all the technology... The time and money and effort that went into this, you'd get something clear. But not such the case. Uh, very difficult to photograph this. Uh, they're lucky to have done anything at all. Uh, they had to actually invent technology to do this. Uh, the black center is the center of the, uh, the black hole. And orange light around it is caused by dust and gas that's getting pulled into that black hole. And the insane amount of gravity and friction, just absolutely crazy. Uh, the numbers that would generate this uh, massive amount of material uh, is uh, given that glow. So it's friction, gravity, uh, all that material just clustered together, moving around this high energy uh, is glowing. And the first ever image recorded was of M87 star. And it clocked in at uh, 6.5 billion times the mass of the sun. Billion times the mass of the sun. And it rests at the center of a galaxy 55 million light years away. That's pretty far. It's uh, more than a Sunday afternoon drive. Sagittarius A star, a little bit closer. It's about 25,800 light years away. Uh, and is much, much, much smaller than m87 star um m87 much further away than the closer sagittarius a star uh, presented an issue although uh, because it was much smaller and the material that moved around the black hole uh, completed in an orbit in minutes compared to days or weeks with m87 star uh, the material in both black holes moved at the same speed which is very interesting for them to uh determine uh, but with a smaller size, it takes less time to make that journey. Uh, astronomer Chiquan Chan of the University of Arizona commented, quote, the brightness and pattern of the gas around Sagittarius A star was changing rapidly as the Event Horizon Telescope collaboration was observing it, uh, a bit like trying to take a clear picture of a puppy quickly chasing its tail, unquote. Puppies. Uh, comparing the size, the uh, story does show an image. I'll try to get that in the chat room here. That probably won't work. We'll see if it gets sucked into the black hole as well. Uh, so Sagittarius A star with the sun in the center of the black hole. Uh, let's hope that never actually happens. Uh, Mercury's orbit would actually be on the outer side of the donut. So all the way on the outside of that donut. Mercury is currently about 42 million miles from the sun, uh, but it does average about 36 million, I believe. My math is correct. It's been a long day, so it's probably off a little bit, but I'm sure that's probably pretty close. Let's see if this thing works. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Uh, anyway, yeah, that didn't work either. I wonder what I did wrong. Did something wrong. <laughs> Um, so Pluto fits, you know, snugly on the outside of that 42 million miles from the sun, uh, right now. I don't know when they use that picture could be anywhere between 36 and 42 million. Anyway, looking at M87 star, uh, Pluto's orbit, not a planet, 
It's a uh, small, whatever they call it. It's not really a planet. Sad, I know. Uh, Pluto's orbit would be less than half the way to the inside edge of the donut. Much, much smaller here. Uh, the event horizon, I should say much larger, more distance. The event horizon uh, and Voyager 1, the uh, most distant object we have sent into space, would be right on that edge, the event horizon. So that's where the inside edge of that donut is the event horizon. That's where uh, if you're there, uh, you're, you're doomed. You're, you're, there's no way getting out. You're going to get sucked in. Uh, have fun, because that's it. You, everything you know will be gone, and uh, it's already gone. Sorry. Uh, Voyager 1 is currently over 13.6 billion miles away from the sun. So that donut shape in the center, or the hole, the donut hole, is 13.6 billion miles uh, versus the other one, uh, 36 million miles. So that's a pretty I don't know if that really gives you the mentality of how big these two objects are um, and how bigger M87 star is. Uh, so the smaller, even though it's closer, it still had its challenges to be filmed. Uh, a large number of images were taken from eight telescopes from around the world back in 2017. Uh, o over six terabytes of data were collected and it took years as well as the development of new algorithms to com computate uh, for the rapid changing of information coming from the area being observed. Uh, it's moving so fast, so far away. Uh, very difficult. I don't know how they did it, uh, but uh, pictures of black holes, never something that we thought we'd ever talk about. Now we've got two. Now, I've got a few people I'd like to send out there to uh, do uh, on-site research to those black holes, but uh, that'll be down the road, I suppose. And that's all I have for you this week. Stay away from the black holes. Stay away from the event horizons. That's my best advice for you this week. But for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck, and always keep your mind Slightly ajar. And above all else, don't stop believing. And for the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting. <laughs>